You're listening to Bits and Pieces on Sunrise Robot. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Edwards from Denver, Colorado. And I'm Ed Duncan out of Gelsenkirchen, Germany. And we thrive on the support of our listeners, so head to sunriserobot.net slash support and see some ways you can help us out. All right, we're here with episode 35, which is, uh, you know, five times seven. I don't know why I do this. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Math is fun. We should start a math podcast instead of a music podcast. <laughs> and we just do arithmetic tables there was a last episode was 17 times two and flipping tables was 17 times five so we're two-fifths the number of episodes of flipping tables as of last episode um that's the great insight i had after we recorded and i was really mad at myself and we do have some follow-up today uh, a couple things um number one one of our listeners and supporters of sunrise robot sean byrne um, he w- was mentioning the headphones he has, and one of the ones he mentioned was the Sennheiser PX100s. And I haven't ever used these, I hadn't seen them, but when I looked them up, they, they look 90s as fuck. Um, I don't know why <laughs> I think 90s, but like, it seems like there's this category isn't really around anymore. And these, these are pretty normal looking headphones for a different era. Um, but you know, it seems like there's in-ear headphones and then there's what I keep calling the big can headphones. <laughs> and there's not a lot in between. And these are in between. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't cover this last time, but, uh, so this difference is called full size circum oral headphones. And, uh, so the ones we are wearing right now, the big cans <laughs> and then the lower ones where it doesn't really, en- uh, enclose the whole ear. It's, they're called supra oral headphones. And these would be a class below them then because they're just little tiny pads against your ears. Yeah. And so you don't get listening privacy and they don't sound as good. <laughs> Yeah, I only remember them with my uh, with my Walkman from the nineties. Yeah, that's what the what I think of them from yeah. too. Um, our other bit of follow up is uh, Brandon, who we mentioned last show, um, corrected me on the pronunciation of Odyssey. Um, and I ref- like if you wanted me to pronounce it Odyssey, <laughs> then you need to spell it right. You should, <laughs> I should write it like that. <laughs> so I, I still insist on saying Odyssey, even though I get it. So let's get on with the with the show. Justin had an idea or a thought, and he posted that one on Twitter and asked us to uh, to to give our point on that. I'm I'm just going to read the tweet here. It's it's about chord progressions, and we talked about chord progressions before, and repetition and formulas and things that are being done in popular music. And he's specifically talking about uh, the chord progression that is one five six four. Now, what is one five six four? Um, I'm just going to play it and when you hear it you will immediately know a thousand songs which uh, use that uh, that chord progression. So yeah, I've done yeah. a thousand times before. With or without you, there's a a famous YouTube video <laughs> by an Australian comedian music group that goes through like 50 of these songs in a row. Axis of Awesome, I think. We're going to put that link in the show notes. Yeah. So, yeah, this progression is rampant. And uh, I recognize that even from my earliest years in music, and me and... <laughs> that's Felix knocking stuff off the shelf. Um, 
and just notice this pattern and uh, that it's just all over the place in pop and country. And actually, almost any genre has at least a little bit of this. And, uh, you know, for a while, I was just really irritated. And still, every once in a while, I'm like, God, it's a four-chord song. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm not above using it. And on our Christmas EP, I used it. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, because music is more than the progression, but this is definitely one that is everywhere. Yeah. This particular one, I I don't see myself using it because it, it's major in the first place. But um, there are, of course, other, um, especially minor variations of this that are also used all over the place. And usually when I notice myself using them, I try to hide them by inverting some of the chords, complicating the bass a little bit, or adding some notes to make them at least sevenths or nines or suspended yeah. chords. But at some point, I just got to be like, okay, this sounds great. There's a reason why this chord progression works the way it works. And yeah. uh, there's no way around it. Um, I mean, it, it's just, uh, it really jumps into the foreground once you really just, as I just played on a piano or an acoustic guitar, where there's just so many variations you can do with this. And if you don't have anything else with it, except for the vocal melody in the foreground, yeah, it's about to stick out. There's no way around it. It also, like, I've seen a lot of, like, younger songwriters kind of stumble on this progression early in their journey of songwriting. And then they're like, oh, this is so good. I'm a good songwriter. And I do think that's a a growing moment of when you're like, oh, this thing is everywhere. Yeah. But I mean, as I said, they're they're just in in music theory. There are reasons why this works. I mean, if you you start, let's say we start on, on the C here. I'm playing this in C major. Okay, so this is a start. We gotta start somewhere. Then we go to the dominant. Mm? Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Now let's have a little bit of sadness with the third one. <laughs> you have a little bit of sadness, but in the end everything goes right again. So <laughs> it's, it's just a natural transition that you want yeah. to progress that way. If you do anything else, it might be jarring if you, if you don't compose it well. But with this one, any inversion works, pretty much any melody works yeah. so it's it's just it, it's kind of easy mode but in a sense easy mode isn't a bad thing and if you if you are committed to playing with this progression you can also just start from a different chord in the progression and it'll still be something great yeah. um, which is usually the case but uh i i'll hear a lot of our, our four one five six or especially six four one five um would be the minor key variation that is everywhere as well yeah. So these chords aren't going to go away, and we better start living with them. I, I do point it out every time I hear one of these songs to Shelby, and she kind of just like, shut up, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a four-chord song. All right, then we got this, uh, yeah, humorous image here, a screenshot of a Craigslist, not an ad, but uh, rants and raves, that's the category here. Um, Never buy a guitar at Long and McQuaid. So this guy is complaining about a music store, a guitar store. Never buy a guitar at Long & McQuaid. I paid over $500 for one the other day, and when I got home, the strings weren't even in tune. I took it back and got a refund. Uh, now just imagine that scene in the store. I Oh man, I want to be fly on the wall at that, that moment. Yeah, I don't... This is so dumb that like... But it, it's not funny enough to seem like an intentional joke, like... Ha ha, good one. You got a guitar and it wasn't yeah. tuned. So like it, that has the ring of actually being real that someone is just that stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's not that one occasion that somebody just thought, oh, let me make that uh, Craigslist post so I can post it somewhere <laughs> else. 
even if it's not that occasion, it happens somewhere at some time. Definitely, I, I believe that. Um, it it kind of reminds me of the story I, I some some guitar forum I read it, um, where also the guy who told the story might not have been the guy, but uh, somewhere it must have happened. Um, the story where somebody thought that the guitar is in tune when the tuning packs all face in the same direction. <laughs> And come on, that's that no. <laughs> Yeah, the string tension is based on visually what the, the knob looks like. <laughs> they they need to get those automatic machine tuner things we covered a few episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> Although it is co sometimes you you, are, uh, you have luck and you tune your guitar and they are actually facing in the same direction. So maybe this is just a case of the person the first time they tuned it, it just happened to be that all of them are facing the same direction and then it yeah. kind of saved that and that's got, that's got to be the right thing to do. It would have to be before they could hear well because then they probably are more likely to go, this sounds in tune, <laughs> before they can hear the difference as well. Yeah. All right, you got a gig report for us. Yeah, so uh, this Friday, uh, Smoke and Honey played the Lion's Lair, which is a, a dive bar on Colfax, if you're ever... But not affiliate with uh, David Lyons, is it? No, it's spelled like the animal... Um, like the animal David Lyons. Um, so this was a, a an EP release show for Morning Bear, and uh, we were opening the show, and uh, there was a, a a big crowd. It was a, a nice turnout. Um, very excited. Uh, the sound's never that great in Lyons there, but it's kind of a, a cozy little thing that uh you know almost has a house show vibe or like if you pack the right people in there, it can just be a nice little communal feel, even if the sound isn't that great. So this, this show was frustrating. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of people there, which initially on its face, you're like, all right, let's do this. And then it became very clear as we started playing. And I thought we played pretty well um, that no one was paying attention. It was just loud conversation. No, like other than a few of our friends that came out, It was pretty much, why are we even there? And, uh, you know, I, I, this is the day after, so maybe I'm in the, in the midst of my strong reaction of like, why do I even do this? What's the point? Like, <laughs> like, if you go to a show, like, have the courtesy to be there for music. And like, I'm just trying to think, like, if I just wanted to go out and socialize, um, would I do that at a bar and with super loud music where I can't hear anything? And I don't know. It just seems like I would go somewhere quieter if I just want to talk to people. Yeah. I, I mean, I had that happen to me. And it's kind of the reason why I don't really play live anymore. Um, that one gig where we played for this, for a local football club, the um, end of the year uh, celebration where people were just going there to get drunk and eat food and uh, talk about the the game that was, that just ended an hour before that. So, we went in there we could have known that people weren't going to pay attention but it's just you stand in front of 200 people and nobody's even looking at you it's it's frustrating i i really know that feeling and that's more or less the reason one of the mo one of the reasons why i don't really play live anymore unless it's a really really great uh at least um if i can expect to be a real great experience beforehand but that's yeah rarely that rarely what happens yeah was the sound all right at least Yeah, we, um, we we didn't have any feedback issues with our acoustic or violin this time. Our, our violin player has an electric violin that is better for these divey shows where you... But you could say there were feedback issues with the audience. Oh. Slow clap. <laughs> Get out of here. 
Go write a four chord song. <laughs> yeah, electric violins are cool. Last bought one and practices on it sometimes. I still haven't used it live. I wanted to use it live for one song, but uh, never came to that. But one of these days, one of these days. Especially if you play through through guitar effects and generally effects, like not just dry violin. It's it's always cool and it has a different tex- texture that you can't achieve with an ebo on a guitar. So let's get into a big topic this week, uh, which is not going to be an FX plane, but instead, um, I'm preparing right now to release an EP later this year. I'm not sure when it's going to be. Um, maybe it's going to be December. Maybe it's going to be November. I don't know yet. I thought it would be interesting to every once in a while have a segment where we talk about the preparations that happen between, let's say, recording the last song and finishing the last song recording wise and having it online and on CD and having the album really released on the internet or anywhere else. Um, because there's a lot going on. I mean, I could just, um, upload all my stuff to, to Bandcamp and be done with it. This is what I, what we more or less did last time. Oh, not, not really. I mean, we did some video teasers with the Astray with letters, but there was no audience. It kind of just, uh, yeah, we threw things against the wall, but the wall was made of Teflon. So there was no <laughs> way of anything sticking on it. Um, so this week, um, I wanted to talk about what kind of online distributor you might want to use if you want to put your music online. As I said, I'm, I'm mainly distributing my stuff through Bandcamp because Bandcamp is awesome. I can set my own price or better yet, I can let the audience or the listeners set their own price and it even download it for free if they want to. Um, it's like direct. Yeah, there's, they, they take a small fee, like I think 15% of the sales, but I'm okay with that. They are hosting it. They're doing everything else. Mm-hmm. But I do want my music to be on iTunes and especially Spotify, the streaming services. That's what imp- what's important to me. Um, as I said in, la- in, in some recent episodes, we talked about Lettuce, that Lettuce is on uh, iTunes and it costs, I think, $12. And I have no control over the price. You can get it for free on Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, I I don't really like that. I would like to set a different price, but I don't have control over that with my current distributor. But there are many distributors out there and now I'm kind of on the lookout of, yeah, where am I going to go with my EP? Yeah, maybe we can drill down all the services and kind of the, the quick basics of you know, what they cost and how the revenue model is set up. And um, that may help some people make some decisions or know which one of these are kind of a ripoff or may not be <laughs> the right right yeah. deal for you. The difference between most of them definitely is the revenue model. Um, then there are some features which some have and some don't. They have uh, Some have a lot of stores uh, they are connected with. Some only have something like the big ones, the iTunes or Amazon or Spotify. So let's go through those. Um uh, with the Astray, we went with Awell, uh, or A-W-A-L. Um, I think it's a British company. Um, at least some of the statements are in British Pound. So we leased it through there because it's free, basically. It's like um, Bandcamp where you get 85% and they get 15% of any sale. And that's it. It's as simple as that. No yeah. cost up front. Um, it, they are very... Uh, if, if you email them, they're very responsive and could usually help me out if something was wrong. Um, at some point, they added the YouTube content ID system or they, they joined the music key system, which is kind of connected with that. And um, I had to whitelist some channels which were using our music with our permission. And that it worked great, but it was only through email. So I would love to have an, a web interface for that. Um, and, and that's usually my, my complaint about them. Everything works well with... Um, uh, 
communicating with them and they do something very simple, but sometimes I wish I could do more with them. Yeah. So one of the things with Bandcamp is while they give you 85% of the revenue, you still have to go through PayPal. Yeah. And um, PayPal ends up taking about 10%-ish. I think yeah. I did the math once. Yeah, you end up keeping about 75%, which is still better than iTunes, which takes 30%, would yeah. leaving you with 70 Um Does AWOL do payment processing? Is that part of the deal or is it on um, top of... Yeah, so what they do is... Um, you can only withdraw your money once you've reached a certain threshold, which is $20 or 20 pounds or 20, I don't know, it's some, something 20. And you get it <laughs> either via PayPal or you can say, I want this uh, through a, a wire transfer, um, which is a bit more cost, uh, costly, but usually it's a flat fee. So if you withdraw a lot of money, I would go with a transfer. But if it's just a little bit of money, the PayPal fees are less than that. And that's usually uh, the same with Patreon. With Patreon, you can set it either as PayPal or just a transfer. And the threshold is, I think, $3. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it depends, but they, they offer both. And the nice thing is, yeah, you can just let it sit and accumulate and then make your decision. At least with Patreon, yeah. we've kind yeah. of just let it grow. Yeah. And once you need it, you can get it out of there. And yeah, I think I did the math once with Patreon. Um, once I reach 150 euros, um, it would be it would be cheaper to go with a transfer than with PayPal. So moving along, there's also DistroKid, which is uh, $20 per year. So you got to re-up this every year. Um, <clears throat> but it'll be that flat rate. And then you keep all the revenue um, that they they push press onto you so that doesn't take away like apple's still going to take their 30 percent cut but then you'll get all of that 70 percent right um from them and the good thing is those 20 dollars per year mean you can upload as much as you like it's not per album you can just throw one song on there or 200 songs on there it's just 20 dollars per year so basically the more stuff you got the cheaper DistroKid gets yeah but it is a subscription basically you're gonna have to keep They're paying it. Yeah. Which most of these are, in a way, one way or another. So right there, I mean, this is my first release in that sense. So, um, yeah, I don't have a big discography right now. If I had 10 albums already, DistroKid, as I said, would be perfect there. Yeah, absolutely. So then there's CD Baby, and I know a lot of bigger artists use CD Baby. Um, one of the reasons is that they couple their service with actually with actual CD manufacturing, um, but let's get what are, the, what, what are CDs? Um, it's those little plastic thingies. <laughs> uh, they're kind of the the sun uh, the the um, descendants of Laserdisc. Um, <laughs> son of Laserdisc. <laughs> um, so the costs there are um, they, they have two tiers: um, the the normal tier and the pro tier. Um, the normal tier is forty nine per album, and the pro tier is eighty nine dollars per album. Um, now these are album prices. I'm going to release an EP, and EP would be a little cheaper on there, but um, I'm, I would just wanted to compare all of them on album uh, mostly. Um, and then the revenue, you would think, well, if I'm paying so much money, I would I better get one hundred percent out of it. But no, the revenue is, as I read it, ninety one percent. Now it could be that those are only on the CD manufacturing, which is actually producing costs for them because I mean digital is is free. Uh, yeah. the, the, the copying stuff is nothing. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I was kind of bummed that even then they take nine percent of what you do. Yeah, the only silver lining is it's a one time payment, so you, you don't have to re up this every year. You can That's just true. coast on the that revenue forever. Right. 
all dat revenue. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I encountered recently because I, I actually use them to put genetic engines in in all the various services, and uh, I wanted to change my artwork. And I think this is true of all of them, but it's especially painful with CD Baby. Um, you can't edit what you have in the store. You have to basically do a new release. Ah, uh, um, that sucks. So I'd have to tear down. I already tore it down from iTunes because I didn't want it up there with the old artwork. Um, anyone who already purchased it can still re-download. It's kind of permanently part of their purchase history. But um, I was really like, oh, so I get to pay this again? Maybe I'm just not going to put it back <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. So CD Baby, as I said, they they have a lot of horses in the race. As I said, they got CD manufacturing, um, I think international distribution through that. So um, um, as a small artist I don't who, who doesn't know what kind of resonance he's going to get or he, she's going to get, um, they would be too expensive for me. Um, if I know that people are going to buy my stuff, those $50 once per album, that's nothing. But uh, if you don't know that and you don't want to throw those $50 somewhere and only get 20 back, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't go with them at, at, at first. Yeah. That's like... We I we keep coming back to it, but Bandcamp is free to get in the door, and you yeah. still keep a, an amazing amount of revenue, right? And Bandcamp also do CD, but you have to manufacture them themselves. But, yeah, yeah. But if if you expect to actually get people to not just want to hear you on a streaming service, but to outright purchase your stuff, it's yeah. really hard to go wrong with yeah Bandcamp as a starting place. Um, there's a bunch of these I haven't heard of. Route Route Note. Have you used this one? Back in the day when we were going to release letters, I kind of did what I did here already, but uh, some of those services changed, some got added, some got removed. So RouteNote was something we had in mind back in the day because they also have a free tier where you um, keep 85% of the revenue. So it's kind of like a well in a sense. Um, or you can pay $30 per album or $20 per EP plus a yearly fee of $10. You still have to renew it, but at least it's a little cheaper, at least in the get-go. And the plus thing is you get 100% of the revenue. So it gets a little bit more complicated when comparing with RouteNote because they have so many different things going on with them. I initially uploaded letters through them, but I was really disappointed with the web interface. Like Things were broken at some point. Only half the album showed up, although I uploaded it twice and... Uh, before it really hit the stores, we set a date where it should hit the stores. But two, two weeks before that, we, we emailed them and said, no, please take those out again. We're going to close our account because it was just too much of a hassle. I hope that they have improved their web interface. I mean, the website itself looks different now. It's, uh, I think, now three years later. So um, I hope they improved in that vein. Um, from, a from a revenue perspective, it looks good. So it makes sense. Um, you, you start with the free tier because... It's easy to go get going, and once you notice, oh, I'm I'm making some good money here, you can join the tier where you actually pay the fee and get more of the revenue and get more of the services. They have some more features like analytics or some promotion aspects. I I believe I think they they have a a good business strategy there. Get you hooked on the free tier, and then you can upgrade later on whenever you like. They they said you can change between those whenever you like. You can go back and forth. So yeah, um, they're the most flexible of the bunch, I would say. We've also got TuneCore, which I used a long time ago. They've been around for quite a while, 
and uh and you know i haven't paid attention to them so they could have totally changed but um it looks like per album you spend 30 dollars your first year and then it's 50 dollars a year after that and I, i don't see why you would go for that yeah me neither um when i compared the features i thought okay maybe maybe they have something really special for those 50 dollars but it didn't seem like it so to me they just seem completely overpriced and um yeah and some of the things that they still want extra for um that are included by default in all the other services um i think it was them they they kind of i think they coupled this um lnr mastering service for ten dollars per release i think it was them let, let me look that up again um so they would take care of the mastering and i don't know what to think of that uh, it's I, I think it's it's stupid uh, yes, it was, it was them. LNR instant mastering, $9.99 per, <laughs> we'll, per track. We'll throw a limiter on your track. <laughs> yeah, we'll throw a limiter on the track for $10 per track. Uh, I don't see anything. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, CD manufacturing. That's the headline here. And then you look to the right. Oh, how much do I get? Special offer 100 free posters. <laughs> yeah. Um, Great. Oh, you get 100 free posters if you actually use them CD manufacturing. So they have a lot of stuff here, but all of that looks like bullshit to me. Yeah. And then we also have Louder here. Yeah. Um, we, we talked about Louder before when I discovered them. Um, they also have zero cost up front. They keep 15% of the revenue. But it gets a little complicated when you upload cover songs. Now, this is a service that provides you with the service that you can uh, put cover songs on there and they take care of the licensing. Now, some of the others also do that, but this is kind of the special thing about Louder. And uh, if I ever would do a cover, e- a cover album or something like that, Louder would be the thing to go. But as I said, you don't really know how much revenue you're going to get before and because they have to take care of the licensing and uh, the percentages just go crazy at that point. Um, they also only offer a few stores compared to the others. So if you really want to go everywhere, louder wouldn't <laughs> be my first choice. And um, now from the talking about those stores, um, if I look at my statements on well, they're usually iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, and uh, that one Walmart in Kansas. So <laughs> other than that, there I know that my music is in thousands of stores that I've never heard of. Some are in, in East Asia, some are in France, and but I don't get any revenue from those. So it, it's not bad not to be in every store, but I mean, if you can get it, why not? No. <laughs> this is kind of my complaint about this whole space that... Um, there are a hundred of these companies and then there's also like a hundred streaming services and, and download stores. And it just seems like over the the long tail, there's no way that most of these will be around. And that's kind of one of my questions, at least for, you know, maybe you trust CD baby to be around. I don't know. Um, Cause you know, their big sell is, Hey, pay the fee once. But what happens if CD baby goes down? Like if they go out of business you know, is your stuff going to stay in the store? Who's going to process your, your I mean, royalties? They already you? have your money. Um, why should they do something now? It's not with the others where they take some percentage of what you do. So they want you to keep being active and they profit from everyone being active all the time. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, as annoying as it would be to deal with all the music services directly, I, I kind of am frustrated that I can't. Like, you know, Bandcamp, you can't. You just go to Bandcamp immediately, yeah. do whatever you want. But Or Baboom, Spotify. the new thing from 
Kim.com. Right. right. And we should definitely point that one out again. But um, if, to get into iTunes and Spotify, like, why can't we work directly? And you can if you if you form a label, or I, I haven't actually looked into all that it would entail, but I, I wish it was just a, you know, you hit this web address, you sign up, agree to their license terms, upload your stuff and start selling. <laughs> like, is yeah. it because they, they don't want a bunch of crap in there? Well, there's already a bunch of crap everywhere. <laughs> like, what's the difference? Yeah. I think they just like to deal with um, with companies or people that have a lot of things for them, like a lot of content. They yeah. don't want to have to Catalogs. deal with a million people with only one CD in their catalog. They want to deal with a hundred people with a thousand things in their catalogs. Yeah, you're probably right. But apparently there's this technology that can do that for you so you don't have to do that. <laughs> Yeah. Bandcamp's figured it out. Yeah. So to compare them on a broad perspective, you have those services which are basically free, but that you have to share some of the revenue and the others where you pay something and most of the time get 100% of the revenue. And which of those are you going to pick? Well, you simply have to do the math. How many sales do you expect? And at which point would one of them be cheaper than the other? Um, I'm right now at the point where I would definitely go the safe route and say I'm going to use one of the free services and just share some of my revenue. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, then how many services do you want? Yeah, the more the better. Um, at least the big ones should be in there. Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music... Probably YouTube um, should be in there. Um, it's it's I, although I don't like the content ID system by itself. Um, I don't want any idiot who makes a stupid video that I don't agree with to put my music on there. As unlikely as that going to happen, I just want to be on the safe side and just whitelist every channel that has asked me for permission to use my song. Because if you write me an email, hey, can I use your song in my video? I'm 99% going to say yes go ahead yeah. but I just want to know in, in, in advance so um, it kind of helps me whitelist those channels so I know beforehand that nobody's just going to pick my music yeah and, it, and it, Amazon and it'd be nice to you know in some cases provide your official video first right right and at least have that be established yeah. as the main hit for that song and then if right. someone wants to upload their best quality 144p version <laughs> they can yeah yeah so you definitely want to be the first one on the on your official channel with a little check mark on it uh to, to be the first one who upload uploads it in great quality um yeah some of some of the services provide analytics um they're always cool i wouldn't pay extra for them at this point because um yeah, i'm if if i take care of leading people to my music i'm going to send them through bandcamp and I'm, I have analytics in Bandcamp and I also use a bit.ly link so I can use the bit.ly analytics as well. So usually I don't have a reason to get some extra analytics. I don't, I don't have to know if, uh, where the people are coming from that are purchasing my music on iTunes. Uh, those three people. Um, I'm not going to get anything <laughs> worthwhile out of that knowledge. This guy in Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them provide you with the ability to set your custom price. As I said, with well, I didn't have a choice how much my stuff is going to cost in various stores. Um, some of those services actually provide you in, in some limited way with how much do you really want to uh, set this at. So um, this this is good if you have it. I at, at the same point, I wouldn't pay extra for it because I would send people to Bandcamp anyway or have them listen through Spotify. But 
Uh, if I could set my EP on iTunes to $3 instead of $8, um, I would definitely do that because uh, I have a reason to, to suspect that people would buy it for $3 instead of $8. Yeah. Yeah. So at this moment, my conclusion for my EP with five songs, um, either I'm going to stay with a well or I'm going to try the, the route note, the free tier. Um, because so with the others, like CD baby seems good to me, but it's too expensive. Those fees would kill me because I'm planning to release like one or two EPs a year. I'm, I'm really active right now. I want to keep doing it and I want to keep my EPs to five songs. So those fees would kill me before I make my first buck from them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I, I was thinking about distro kid with the, with the upfront fee and all that. And, uh, yeah, as I said, do the math. So I actually did the math. Uh, I had the equation <laughs> where I said, okay, 0.85x equals x minus $20 upfront fee. So you sold for x and what is the result? Well, I would have to earn $133.33 of revenue for the upfront fee to make it cheaper. So anything above those 133 per year would make it cheaper to go with the upfront yeah. fee. And at this point, I don't see myself earning $133 uh, through those services, yeah. maybe through Bandcamp because I'm going to send people there. But yeah. um, I would at this point have to be like, okay, please buy it on iTunes and in the back of my head in parentheses because I get more money out of that. And I don't yeah. want to be the guy who does that. I'm also wondering like if it makes sense for some artists at this point, like I, I don't know, I kind of get it. Like you kind of just want to cover yourself and be everywhere, but maybe wait for the first guy that found you on YouTube and is like, Hey, how come I can't buy you on iTunes? And once you start getting those messages, then it's like, okay, now I'm going to spend money on making sure I'm in the stores, but yeah. like going with one of the free options until then and not don't invest a lot in making your, your seed, your, your album everywhere. Um, before you actually know if people are going to use it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they're probably not. Yeah. So, yeah, as I said, I'm going to stay on the safe side. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to register at route note free and look at their interface. And if it makes a better appearance now, I might just use them because as I said with, well, they are good. They are solid, but I don't want to have to do everything by email. I want to do some of that stuff my, myself on their website and route note definitely has that service going for them. All right. And with that, let's get into our picks of the week. I've been rambling about music services uh, for <laughs> a lot of time now. So you start with yours. All righty. I went with the song by Youth Lagoon and it's called 17. And uh, this song is super lo-fi. It's, uh, you know, it hits a lot of uh, tropes of things I like, like e-pianos <laughs> and tremolo and melancholy, melancholy and lo-fi. And uh, I, I do like the lyrics in the chorus uh um, uh, the, the, the singer talks about, um, my mother told me don't stop imagining or the day you do is the day you die. And that's just a nice sentiment of like, always keep learning, always keep, um, trying to expand yourself and, uh, explore. And, uh, th this whole song is super mellow, super, um, it's only keyboard and vocals for over two minutes. And then um, your patience is rewarded as the song actually does build up with drums and bass and uh, more synths and um, a wider range of notes in those um, <laughs> e-piano. And uh, I just found that moment to be very, very pleasant when it finally does kind of build up. And uh, 
you know, the fact that it, it takes its sweet old time might mean you, you can't binge listen to this song the way you might <laughs> um, a more tightly crafted pop song. But um, it was it was very satisfying. And I, I've chosen a sample that um, is right around when the drums have already come in and it's about to go back into the chorus um, at full full dynamic. So let's uh, listen to a little bit of Youth Lagoon 17. I could probably just loop that chorus there for, you know, like 10 minutes, have one of those 10 hours YouTube thing. But, um, I do like, uh, just, it occurred to me just listening to the sample here live that, uh, the way that all the keyboards and everything kind of lines up on that three, that snare hit for a nice little staccato pop. And, uh, that's very satisfying. What did you think of this song? I love it. Um, I mean, it starts with an e-piano, so right off the bat, it's 10 out of 10. Um, uh, it, it has that nighttime city drive vibe to it, where I would just love to drive through empty streets and in a dark city and just the lights shining. And it's also, as you said, the moment at 2.50 where it just really gets going, That's it's the perfect moment. Um, before that, I was like, yeah, this, this sounds cool. It's melancholy. It's a little bit sad. And... And then the rhythm starts, and as you said, this pronounced three in, in the beat where everything just hits at the same time. It's it's just perfect, and and also um, the the vocals they are they are very distorted, and the further the song progresses, it feels like they get even more distorted until they just turn into a texture. It's not really vocals anymore; it's just a texture that adds to the song. And uh, yeah, I'm 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 a fan of that. I'm a fan of it when when the vocals aren't just in the foreground and sticking in front of the instrumental, where it's just all merges into one. So what was your pick of the week? My pick of the week, I couldn't get around it. Battles just dropped their new LP. I've been listening to it um, all day. And one of my, oh, the favorite track on there is FF Bada. For me, it's classic battles. It's classic battles with lots of loopy goodness. There are so many great guitarists in there, um, but there's one of them that just takes the cake. So I'm just going to play it now and maybe then explain like what is actually going on. So listen to, to, to the, listen for the guitar melody that's not really pronounced at first, but yeah, you will know when, when it hits. So what happened here? (laughs) 
And what happened here is this is something that uh, Dave, um, the bassist and guitarist in Battles, did before on the song Tonto on Mirrored on their, their first LP. Um, he, he plays this melody in, in actual speed and puts it into his loop machine and then he plays it again an octave lower. And once this breakdown happens where it's only this, he just plays it back at double speed. And this is what happens where it goes all the way up and it's really staccato and, um, I, I really, I really love this effect. I have <laughs> never gotten it to work in my own songs because you have to have a great melody that works in both times, like in, in both speeds to, to really work well. And whenever I pick up my guitar in the last few days, the first thing I do is I play that melody and I try to play it in actual <laughs> speed and, and almost works. It's, it's not really that hard if you're really, really good at speed picking because the melody itself, it's just one, two, three, four, five different notes, I believe. Um, but it's just so much fun. That whole song is just completely fun. <laughs> yeah, and I, I describe this song as frantic as fuck or kind of like a panic attack. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in a good way, unless you're actually having a panic attack, then that wouldn't be good. But um, the, the, this song is frantic and energetic, like one of the most energetic songs we've ever picked, uh, which, you know, it, it's battles, so that <laughs> happens. But no, very enjoyable, very, very... Um, I don't know. I, I was going to say the word pleasant, but it seems like the wrong word for enjoying this. It's not <laughs> pleasant, but it, it is exciting. Yeah. All right. And that's our pick of the week for episode 35. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find these songs on our Spotify playlist that we maintain with every pick of the week from every episode. So long as those songs are in Spotify and in your region. Um, you can find the link to our Spotify playlist on our show notes, as, as well as links to all the articles and all these uh, distribution services we discussed, if you want to check them out, if you're planning to release some music. And you can find those notes at sunriserobot.net slash bitsandpieces slash 35. Um, me and Matt both love feedback, and we both basically live online. So, And we're in far enough away time zones that we're both probably always online uh, at, at any given moment. So you, uh, one of the great ways to get in touch with us is in, on Twitter. Um, my username is Medwords Music and Matt. I'm at Echolox, E-C-H-O-L-O-X. So ask us questions. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll end up in our follow up if you do, which is, you know, a fun little bit of, uh, indie podcast fame for you. Um, while you're at it, uh, on our website, you can subscribe to the show, never miss a new episode. Um, if you don't have a podcast app on your phone, we have some suggestions. So if you're on an iPhone, um, overcast.fm is a great app, or there's a built-in podcast app. If you're on Android, you could use Podcast Addict or Pocket Casts. And uh, you can use the links on our site, or you can... Uh, you can just search in the podcast app for Bits and Pieces or Sunrise Robot, and you should be able to find our show. If you'd like to support us directly on the Sunrise Robot Network, you can head to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sunriserobot. And depending on the level you support us at, you may get a shout-out on either Flipping Tables or all the shows on this network. And uh, with that, we're going to give special thanks to Bruce Edwards and Andreas Langa. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs>